Welcome back, Juventini, to the Juventini Ta, back to Black and White Podcast. My name is Daniel Negrel. I'm live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And today we're going to be kind of mixing it up. It's going to be news, maybe talk a little bit of Leon, uh, bring that back up. I know I was supposed to have my guest on before for the preview, but uh, that was uh, a busy day of work. And uh, unfortunately, I passed out and we didn't get a preview out to you guys, so... We do have him on again, and I uh, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a good show. We got a lot to cover, so let's see what happens. Um, just in terms of what's been going on with me, it's been crazy. Lots of love. Thank you guys on the three hundred on the three hundred subs. Uh, we're gonna get that uh, Del Piero jersey wrapped up, and then obviously we're gonna be going. Uh, I'll keep dropping the the. The different edits that we got coming coming down the line, the news and 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 more to come. So, thank you guys again for all the support. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, finally we get this guy in in, in the light. Um, unfortunately, maybe you didn't get to see him last time just because of the lighting circumstances. But it's all good. Uh, James, thanks for coming on again, man. I appreciate you putting up with me this week. And uh, welcome back on the show. Uh, not a problem, and uh, for everybody watching, last time I was hiding in the dark in my patio, get away from the kids, so if you guys can hear the background noise, that's the kids in the background. Uh, I'm a father of six, so I know a lot of people do this well, uh, so I got two down, two were down, and woke up again, and now they're running all over the place and followed me to the basement here, so I apologize to anybody out, out there, but... Uh, uh, this is uh, Juventini. They know. I try to tell them to be quiet so we can uh, we can get this going. That's okay. It just gives us background noise. It sounds like the mad the fans and the uh, the the Inter little <laughs> chill, the the Real Madrid or the CLR seven fans little you know cry babies in the in the back right the little children's voices. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, guys, yeah, let's get uh, right into it. We'll get uh, obviously into the game. I mean, what what were your thoughts, you know, going into it and then coming up against a team that, you know, we don't know what they're going to come out like. Obviously, we've seen some pre, uh, some friendly slash, you know, cup finals that they have. They have about 50 cup finals in France. So uh, that was played out during the, the couple weeks before we had to play Juve. But, uh, you know, what did you think of the whole game? So going in, going into the game, I I felt confident that we we're gonna we we're gonna win this one. Um, as you mentioned, they the French league uh, during COVID they canceled their league, and uh, these guys hadn't had any game action except for that that cup final and a few exhibitions while we were playing throughout. So I thought that was gonna give us a, an advantage, and then just looking at the the team from one side to the other side. We are a better team. And then you have the Ronaldo factor from last year. Um, you know, he put the team on his back down, uh, down two goals to a superior team, and we came back and won. So I felt pretty confident going in, and uh, fortunately that's, uh, that's not how it turned out as the game went. Yeah, exactly. And you get into it right away, like I said, with our lineup was pretty much set being – you know, Dybala being injured, right? Then you have, obviously, some incidents during the game, and we can get into those. Um, you know, what did you think about that penalty on 
what was supposedly everyone thought it was a Bentoncourt file, but then essentially turned into, well, no, it's a, it's a Bernardeschi tap, if you even want to call it that, on the back of his shoulder. But what did you think, so, man? Yeah, so I watched that replay, like probably everybody, and even the commentators. The commentators thought it was uh, uh, Bentoncourt. And they were saying there's no way that's a foul because it was a clean tackle. Then when they started doing the wider shot and kind of played that angle and they were saying it was Bernadeschi, even then, I really didn't see it. Yeah. So I, I was, like, when they called it, I for sure thought VAR was going to overrule that. Yeah. And that, that you know, it, it just seems to be our luck in the, in the Champions League. <laughs> there you go. Even your daughter was like, yeah, no, what the hell was that? <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, so I mean, I think it was clear when you have that go down and then you see the, the handball that was given, which was also uh, comical. Another question one, and, and, um, and as you said on your last podcast, going to the hockey reference, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that was your even up call. Well, exactly, and it's like, why should there, like, I hate when, I, you know, that's one thing about refereeing that I can't stand, you know, when you when you make a stupid decision and then you have to somehow, you know, dip your hands and dip your toes into the pool when really you shouldn't be in the pool in the first place. So it's like, don't get involved when you don't need to get involved. Make the right calls when they need to be made. And that's it. I mean, that's your job. Like, that's all you need to do. And, you know, you look at kind of what happened after and kind of how scrappy it was in, in their game against Man City. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't shocked about that. Um, we'll get into the kind of what's been going down. But in terms of just essentials, like I said, the lineup was pretty much what we thought it was going to be. It was unfortunate with Dybala not being able to kind of have a run out, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he's injured. You can't. That's what happens when you carry the team the whole season and then something goes. I mean, it's it's, it's almost like it was a storybook kind of how that was supposed to happen where he gets injured in that last, uh, in the games prior. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, well, this and this and that, and then a whole bunch of news stories comes out, which we're going to cover because there's a lot that I have to catch up on, guys. Um, just over the past week, it's been ridiculous. And I've been kind of detailing it on Twitter, at least for, you know, with certain edits. But uh, for the most part, we haven't had a chance. Obviously, the last one was a fan focus. And I appreciate all the love that you showed that video and even the one with Albert, kind of the, the ending of uh, of the season, so to speak. But um yeah it's it's interesting it really is interesting kind of comments on ronaldo in the game uh well we saw the ronaldo um his second penalty shot you know he's gonna step up and uh right. and bury it and he and he's his record with us has been fantastic throughout the, throughout the last two seasons and then his second goal was that individual moment of brilliance Right. And uh, so he did his part. I mean, he missed a f- he missed a, another header later on, but there's only so much one guy can do at a at a nothing. Um, okay. 
I think that's an inter- I think that's an interesting take. Um, I think for me, what it comes down the reason I say that is because you look at you know kind of the arguments that have been made. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk on, oh, is DiBala gonna go or is there gonna be Ronaldo goals or is it just BS in the news? Whatever, right? And to me, you can't you can't necessarily. Obviously, we had Bernardeschi who made who had a massive miss uh, that should have been scored easily. Um, you have you know some free kicks that were kind of awful, and you have multiple like free headers. One from obviously Bonucci, another obviously from Ronaldo that clearly should have been scored. So you look at this game in, in 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 a sense, and you know even the statistics. I mean, we dominated really the possession, sixteen shots, but only six were on goal, um, which is pretty sad. We had about thirty three crosses in the whole game. <laughs> I mean, that's like unprecedented. Um, and to not come out with 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 a victory. Well, obviously we came out with the victory, but not necessarily the uh, the the progression. So. I know a lot of people have been discussing, you know, what's going to happen with, you know, the illegal and should it be a thing? And I, th- I think you have to kind of keep that because it keeps you in, in check in terms of not playing a shitty return or, or home fixture. And really, when you're able to do that, you know, when you have that rule, yeah, it sucks when you got the bottom hand of that. But when you get the upper hand of that on that, I mean, no one cares. So it's it only and matters. It only matters when you lose, right? And at the end of the day, the the onus was when we were in France, we didn't score. Right. And that that game came back to haunt us. Exactly, and that was really. I think that's really the reason why you get knocked out in a sense like that is for having such a poor leg there. And again, you didn't score, and now you're leaving it in the hands of a rule that that is currently existing. So. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I, I don't see that being a, a, I don't see that getting taken out. Um, what are you thinking about these? Um, okay, so we'll get, actually, sorry, we'll get back to that, what, what I was trying to say about Ronaldo. And, you know, a lot of fans out there were saying, well, kind of the same opinion, right? Oh, how much more could he do? And, and this and that. I got to disagree in a, in a sense. You know, we pay the guy $31 million. These are his moments. He scored about he scored all seven knockout goals, right? Works out to about eight point eight million a goal, really. If if that's what we're looking at, you could say Serie A. We're not winning Serie A because we need Ronaldo, and and I mean he scored a lot of goals. A lot of those were penalties. We're not winning Serie A because of him. Um, Ibala has been phenomenal and has pretty much carried this team uh, to an MVP winning season. And you look at what a lot of the fans are saying, and like, oh, well, he was the only one who was trying, and this and that. I mean, sure, you can make that point, but when there's a free header in whatever minute that was, what was it, the 75th minute, so you're still 15 minutes away from, from, the, from game time, and you have a free header to win, that's the moment that we're paying you for, you know, to convert in those moments, right? There was also, like I said, a free kick. And I talked about this on the last podcast. There was a free kick that he had. And I mean, anyone, like I said, with a football IQ would have realized 
There's a mismatch in the box. I haven't scored. I've only scored one out of like 700 million free kicks. Maybe let's have a look over there. Maybe fake the kick or whatever and put one in and see what happens. I mean, to me, that was like, maybe, I don't know, maybe, again, with the TV view, sure, you could say, oh, well, you have a better advantage. That's fine. But it was a clear mismatch on that, on that, uh, on that free kick. And I was screaming. I'm like, he's going to take it. He's going to take it, isn't he? He can't see those guys. And then he ends up hitting the wall. And it's just... It's it's frustrating. It was a culmination of a uh, you know uh, of kind of everything that kind of coming to an end. And a lot of play, a lot of people online are saying that they're happy that this is all over. You know, kind of move on. It's been you know a long season. Obviously, Sadi gets sacked the next day, and Pirlo gets brought in. So um, you know, speaking of let's say the news in a in a sense, right there and. Obviously, Pirlo gets brought in and Sadiq gets back. So what are your thoughts on those two decisions? Obviously, get into the Sadiq first and then Pirlo next. Okay, so Sadi. My opinion, he was never their first choice for a manager at the start of the season. There was a lot of rumors that were floating around. And this is my, this is my opinion. I don't know. All the facts, you know, not an insider or anything like that. What I believe happened was... Well, everybody's, I, an, everybody's an insider until they're wrong. A few, you know what I mean? Everybody in their yeah. uncle knows, knows some form of news and this and that. But anyways, go ahead. Go ahead, James. Yeah. So what I, what I think happened was they let Allegri go with the full intention that they were going to get Zidane. Right. Zidane pulls the monkey, the, the monkey wrench in their plan and resigns with Real, and now they're scrambling. I think they made an offer to Pep. Pep said, thanks, but no thanks. You know, I got to stick it out one more year. Conte came with an offer. I think Nedved wanted Conte. Okay, there you go. Because that's what I heard something like that. I think Nedved wanted to bring Conte back. I think the, the, the senators on the team also wanted to bring Conte back. But... Uh, um, the president just basically, Anelli just basically said, "No, I, you know, he, he pissed me off the way he left. I'm not bringing him back." So now that sent, okay, who do we got left? And that's how Sari came. He comes in. First thing he does is has an has a ammonia, so he can't even even do a yeah. training session. And then we're hearing. And I, I always felt this too with his press conferences. The guy was, he wasn't polished at all. For somebody who was supposed to have Syria experience, coached in England, he was not polished at all. And his, just this, like if you take a press conference going through the, our, our, our last run, when you heard Conte speak, you can see the players rah, rah, rah behind him. When you hear yeah. Allegri speak, you can see that the intelligence behind his words of why he made certain certain decisions. When Sari spoke, you can tell he was just speaking for himself. He wasn't speaking for the, the team. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you, you saw that that report that he lost the team in the preseason uh, uh, ICC tournament when oh. at halftime. Uh, 
uh, he came in and says, I can't, when they were losing to Tottenham and said, I can't believe I lost the Scudetto to you, t- to these guys. And that's what I, I had heard. And so he lost Kalini. When, when you lose Kalini and Buffon right off the bat, you're in trouble. Um, so I think that was it. I, the other one I heard was in practice, he was screaming to do one, one two touches to Ronaldo. And that didn't go well. So I do think the team coached themselves for the for the majority. And you can hear it on those empty stadiums. Yeah. Whose voice did you hear? When you watched an Inter game, whose voice you, you heard Conte screaming his ass off? When you watched the Juve game, who was screaming? Who's Buffon? Yeah. Like, what was Sar- what's the coach doing? Uh, so... The decision for him to leave, I fully support it. Um, he did not work out. He was he was brought in to bring a certain style of football. He didn't. We, uh, I mean, if you compare the last season to this season, at least with Allegri, uh, with Allegri, we did not leak goals in the back. When yeah. we had a lead, you know, it was a done deal. That was not the case this year. So, sorry, take your cigarette. You got a Scudetto medal. You can retire happily. Go back yeah. to banking. There's the door. Uh, and uh, the decision for Piero, that one, uh, that one caught me off guard. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me, man. He is somebody that you know has the football intelligence that not too many people have. Um, I I had bought his book from ages ago, and I had yeah. read it front of cover in, in like one day. I've, I've read it maybe about four or five times already. Pulled it out again there this, you go. this week when, I, when it happened. Uh, he's going to bring a sense of calmness to the players. Uh, so I know that. Who's going to teach Ronaldo how to do free kicks? Oh, we got a guy now. <laughs> so that's the one thing that I think we're going to see a lot more of. We're going to see Ronaldo actually hit some free kicks next year. Oh, I hope uh, so, my friend. I hope so. And, uh, and I think the other right off the bat, too, and one of the reasons why he got the, the nod to go is he's got the respect of the Senators. That's true. Uh, I think that's very... I think that's going to be an interesting situation um, next year or this come upcoming season, which really we're less than a month away now, guys. And just it's crazy how fast time's flying. So I think um, what's going to happen is uh, I think you're going to see a lot more Support from the players, uh, like you said, I, I think with Sari, it wasn't. We found out that he wasn't the kind of coach that we probably thought he was. Um, at least I didn't think he was going to be this disjointed throughout the whole season. I mean, at the beginning, okay, whatever, you're kind of finding your way with a new team, but yeah, I mean, in, ter- in terms of the players, I mean. You could tell it was really, even at the end when there was only, I believe it was Dybala and Bonucci that had farewell messages. Farewell messages. And 
Really, that says that's really pretty much says all you can, uh, all there is to say about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily, I wasn't necessarily disappointed in that. I mean, I would kind of understood, I was shocked because it was the morning after, but when it comes down to who they hired, yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna get into it's gonna be interesting. I mean, the guy does have a lot of footballing IQ, like you could not believe, but. I think it goes into more than that. I think I think experience in a coaching role is is pretty significant. Now we'll see, obviously, what happens. I, I think personally, it could be a rocky start for us, um, and I hope that just doesn't turn things into a you know a really bad place. But I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think Ronaldo was a massive factor in, in getting rid of Saturday. Maybe not bringing in Pirlo, but in in him going, I think uh, that's something to be said. Um, but anyways, in terms of what's been said so far, we'll kind of go down the list. Um, you know, for something Paratici, we was kind of talking about as soon as it happened, uh, the days following, you know, they said that the Pirlo decision was very natural, very Juventus which I'm not really sur- sure what he means by that, um, especially when it's such a gamble. Uh, picking someone who isn't... It's not like you're picking someone who's won the Champions League multiple times uh, as a coach. We're p- someone that hasn't coached a game in his life, um, has played the game, is a legend of the game, but uh, they firm... I guess they they're predestined... I don't know if they have this, you know, Zidane mindset. Like, they think he's going to turn into what Zidane has done. I think it's a lot of wishful thinking from the club. Uh, I mean, I think they thought Ronaldo was going to be, you know, lord and savior in that final piece. And I thought that was wishful thinking. Um, and now I, I hope they're not doing the same thing with this Pirlo move because there's going to be divisions across the line of uh, if it goes south. Uh, at any point during this next season, especially it being the 10th season, you know, the 10th consecutive season where we could win. Um, And if you kind of bow out on your ninth, that's really, and let's say Champions League doesn't go the way we want. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of fans. Um, But anyways, you know, they talk about Sadi with, he talks about Sadi with being, you know, assessments before the match, it kind of clearly, with all the, the the interviews that we got into with Albert, it seemed clearly that they kind of had their idea of what they wanted to do anyways. Um, I think the only thing that really could have saved his ass was maybe going on to win the Champions League or a deeper run than than what and a better showing than what we saw. Um, you know, if he maybe makes the final or he makes the, the, the semis, I think there's a lot more hesitation than going out to Lyon. I think I think there's a big difference, but I mean that's something that obviously didn't happen. So it's really assumptions to say any more or any less on that. Um, they said it was a choice of the entire season. Sure, I mean Allegri won a super super Copa more. Sure, we let in less goals, but our 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 D is a lot older or is aging. The exclusion of Delic, who's also a newer player, so you're gonna you're gonna expect also we're in more of an attacking you know 
style or, or, or formation. So you're going to leak more goals. Now, when we look at, you know, he talks about, you know, we made two Champions League finals with about seven changes. Real won them by making only one. Uh, an incredible cycle. I mean, really. Now, yeah, so let's take a look. Let's take a look at the cycle. Right. So we've won nine straight. Right. Now, of that nine straight, you have three sets, three sets of coaches that have come in. But you also look at the players and who's gone out and who's come in. So what started our first cycle, there was a lot of things. You had Conte, you had Pietro come in. Uh, Vidal was in that first season. Like They were the ones that came in and were that, co- that core. Uh, next season, they could have easily fallen apart when you lose a captain like Del Piero. It's still built on it. Then season four, Conte leaves. And now you have Allegri come in, basically taking Conte's team to the Champions League final with a couple key pieces that Conte never had, which was uh, Evra. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I think I think at the at the year two, you got to remember we're at about we're at about four years in with really the same team, and it's not like he did too much to you know mess with Conte's system. Maybe tactically it was a little bit better in terms of what decisions he made, you know, in terms of substitutions and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I think it was very much a Conte team that went it to the final. The, yeah, the core was still the Conte team. You had Ever that came in, and the other key piece that came in was uh, Lorette. So that you had that big center, which is an upgrade over Machi. Right? So yeah. That's, well. that was, so that's your season four. Season five, Pietro retires. So now you lost your midfielder. And, you know, not too many people can survive losing a player like that. Just ask Milan. Yeah. And uh, then then, uh, that season, that season we didn't bring in Pjanic. Uh, Marquisio dropped in to that position. Uh, But Tevez left. So now you lost... Another key part. So yeah. these are these are big guys who are leaving. The following season, you lose Pogba and bring in uh, Pjanic. And then the yeah. following season, you bring in uh, Higuain. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, Pogba left that season for Higuain. Yeah. So there's a lot of times where on, on that team, you can say that they've hit the reset button. And... Uh, it's another cycle. So when when they when he says that that piece about you know we've had this cycle for nine years, it's the it's true. In that nine years, we've had maybe three, four mini cycles already. Yeah. So I mean, it's not it's not being unfair. Um, but how do we get past the next stage? So our peak was under Allegri where we won four. Uh, four straight Coppa Italias and uh, the Scudetti, plus you had your two finals. What yeah. brings us over the hump? And that's where I think financially where the change happened. The Ronaldo opportunity came up. See, the only we thing were, that... We were slow building there. So when yeah. that Ronaldo opportunity came up, they went all in on it. 
and that messed up a whole bunch of other things on the back end because what oh, we yeah. were doing is we were going and signing these players on free transfers or Bosmans, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But then we were also overpaying them as well in terms of salary for them. But then we never really sold them after. No. We gave them that, hey, you want to leave? Let's leave together where we're in the contract and everybody's good. And they were looking to kind of create this environment where you get those veteran players to come and you know finish two, three seasons in. But that all changed when the Ronaldo signing came in because now it made those contracts our arbitrage. Yeah. And with financial fair play and now with COVID, that's going to be another another hit. That's why you're hearing people talking about, hey, do we sell Dybala for the plus Valenza? They would never be talking about this three years ago. No, but... I agree with that. <laughs> there you go but uh you know what the, the funny thing is to me the only thing that i disagree with what he got he has to say is like okay that's fine you made the assessment over the whole season we talk about the cycle now they talk about real madrid they said they only made one change well i think what they're he's talking about obviously the squad like the squad in terms of you know they won three in a row back to back to back so you're gonna have a very similar team and when you've when you've actually built that team, obviously Ronaldo being there at the beginning, that helps you in, in, in so many different ways. We're taking on a Ronaldo now, like immediately. Okay, go. And again, I think it's there was a lot of over, a lot of overachieving with Juve. There was a lot of um, you know moments where maybe we shouldn't have won and, and we over we overachieved in the sense where we're getting to finals or we're getting to semifinals. So I, I think to me, it's it, to look at it this way. It's a real gamble, you know. Only a few days before, um, Agnelli was talking about Pirlo as as being, you know, the second team is going to be a stepping stone, and you need to earn the first team as a coach. So, was it a shot in the dark? Was it a realization that maybe there really isn't a manager right now that 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 we want to? you know, pay for, you look at Pochettino being the option with, you know, maybe 12 million, maybe 15 million a year. Whereas Pirlo is, is only going to be looking at, I think 1.8 has been reported by Korea. That was forward. So, um, you know, it was a difficult, it was difficult for Sari. You know, there was no real empathy, even with the fans, I'd say. Um, but I don't know. What do you think about Agnelli? You know, he says it's it's a choice more than a gamble, the scent of the future. Yeah, so... Pirlo brings a little bit of an enthusiasm where, you know, obviously being, being a coach that is respected, but, you know, what happens, you know, he can't be this friend coach, right? Like, Chiellini's going to be coming back at some point. Bonucci is the way he is. We have guys in the wing like Demiral and... and but how do you how do you how do you see it with that? Yeah, so I think they're going to surround them too with the support staff. So it, it looks like they're bringing in. I, I thought I heard it was finalized today that they're bringing in Tudor to be one of the assistant coaches. Uh, so in in Pietro's book, he, he does talk about does talk about um, how he hated training. Yeah. 
so is he going to be the one who's going to be like screaming at the at the boys to, to do the running? No, he's not going to be, be the shocked, bad guy. Yeah. Here, here, here comes Tudor. Tudor will be the bad guy. He's that center back. He's the guy who's going to, you know, potentially bring um, Delict to the next level. Um, so you have that. Then I read somewhere as well that Marcello Lippi is coming back as some sort of advisory role. Oh, okay. Breaking news, guys. Hot take. I didn't hear that. I haven't heard that. So, so I, yeah. I read that. Uh, I think it was Ivan Ivan uh, Grohl who posted that somewhere. Uh, <laughs> so if that if that's the case, and you and just look at that uh, 2006 team. How many of those have become coaches now? Oh yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Right? So uh, that's that winning mentality. When you win a World Cup, that you can you can bring forward. So I'm not. You know, is he going to be too nice to his people who are teammates? Well, you can say, well, Conte was in that same position too. He was coaching Del Piero, who was the person sure. who took his armband. Yeah, um, and he was on the same team as Buffon. I don't, I don't think that was a, a factor. And in Piero's book, he does talk about a lot of the respect he had for Conte and how he never even thought of coaching until he saw. Uh, what Conte did. So, does does that mean uh, you know Conte came for season one of Scudetto? Does that mean it's going to happen for us? You know, I I I, I hope so. I hope so. And, uh, <laughs> I also I also think too that he's got a lot of a better team and core. That, True. Yeah, from where we started. Yeah, where we started with because we have a group of winners right now. Everybody yeah. know. Everybody knows what you need to do to to win, and um, I think it was it would have been Dabala's first year. Uh, so that would have been Mac um, Max's second, where we were down thirteen points, and the senators of the team had that uh, had that meeting, right. closed door meeting, where they said, "Hey, we want to win again." Yeah, and I think that happened. Far too often this this season, where coach G, <laughs> coach Gigi had to step in. So I'm sure, man. I'm sure. Um, obviously, there was reports of Cristiano leaving. Like I said earlier, um, you know, I think I think you see something in Pirlo. Maybe he's he's thinking with Zidane. I mean, again, there's there's a lot of BS that go that goes in and around. Uh, you know, it's it crazy seemed time. like crazy it summer. Seemed, it seemed like Gazetta and you know Momblano and 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 all these guys they were all they were all feasting for a week week of clicks that uh, you know now now it seemed to have died down uh, today but you know every everybody got their feast of of, uh, of news and, and now we're on to another thing now now it's been confirmed oh well Paulo's probably going to stay and it, there that was never really a thought or Cristiano was going to stay and that was never really a thought so. It's funny, you know. This is why I stay out of this for the for the most part. Um, even the thought, we'll get into that. Even to the thought of that of, of of keeping, you know, Ronaldo over someone like Dybala is was mind blowing to me. Uh, but that's kind of one of the topics we'll keep to the end of the show. But you know, obviously, transfer market strategy. I think it's going to be completely different. You're not going to hear the likes of Jorginho anymore. Maybe, maybe not even Emerson. Um, Tonali. I think Inter's still ahead of the pack. Yep. Uh, Zaniolo with a new president, I don't see it happening. No. Um, that would be, I think, 
that would kind of turn the fans. And, you know, as a new owner, I think uh, they're going to be smart enough to do that, to, to not mess with that, at least for this, for this season. season. Yep. You know, maybe next year we'll see. we got to see what happens, right, in terms of standing and, and who makes what. Uh, who makes what position and where Roma's at at the next end of the, end of the first year with the new presidency. But And then obviously, so Locatelli could be an option. Obviously, Wade from Lyon, but that seems to be a little bit more uh, expensive, obviously, with their run to the semifinal. Um, and then obviously, Delict, another big talking point. You know, his surgery was finally able to get, you know, operated on, on his birthday surprise. What a way to celebrate a birthday, getting your so- shoulder operated on. And it was successful, and it seems like everything's going smoothly. So he's going to be out for about three months. So that's something that Pirlo's going to have to deal with, right? You know, not having having a, a Chiellini who's, who's prone to injuries, but as well not having a big player, massive player uh, in Delict with such a huge impact used throughout the, you know, if you want to call it the, the early stages of, of, of Pirlo's coaching career. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be, be helpful because, you know, he'll get guys that he's, um, you know, used to in, in Chiellini and, and Bonucci, but we'll see how that plays out. There's still a lot to, uh, to yeah. talk about. Um, and to see what formation he comes, he comes right. in to use. Uh, that's and that's the other big talking point that, Everybody's speculating on. He did a, I guess it was a Facebook live interview with Canovado at one point. Instagram. Where, he's, uh, where he said he he likes to do a four three three attacking. Yeah. Uh, but then I read somewhere that he wanted to bring back the three man D, uh, Alicante. Right. <laughs> yeah, I. Can we do a three man D? Uh, I think I think we can. Um, personally, I, I think Bonucci plays better in a three-man D, so that might wake everybody back up. And with uh, Dembrol, Delict, yeah. Kalini would not be your main guy in there. He could come in and out. Right. And, uh, well, Rogani, you know, send him away. <laughs> uh, I know we brought back, uh, I forget his name, from Genoa. He'll, he'll be our fifth-string fifth CB. Oh Romero, yeah. Romero. I th- I think he's more of a I think he's gonna be more of a pawn. I think that's it's gonna possible. be a guy who's gonna get it's us fetch us some money. Yeah. yeah. Fetch us some money. I mean, the, like I said, I'm shocked that they he he that was even reported. I mean, again, take that with a grain of salt, everybody. And that's what I try and do is you know, even with these edits I've been doing, you know, trying to keep it as even keel. I mean, to me. In terms of, you know, who's reporting first, and, and that's what kind of gets me annoyed is there's been this rush to, like, report everything as fast as possible. Who cares if it's double, triple, quadruple checked or not? Just report it, throw it out there, and, you know, get your clicks. And, and you know, I mean, to me, it's, you know, it's not true to what the art is. And, you know, in terms of this three-man, I mean, look, it could be a, he, he did experience it with Conte. To me, I don't think we have enough depth to, to play with a three. Like you said, we, we, we'd still have to wait for Delic to come back, so it's not something he would start with. Now, does that mean he goes and and and, and does this mid-season once Delict is back and ready to go? It's a good possibility. It's a possibility, maybe a good possibility. But 
because like you said, Bonucci does look he's got more support, more coverage uh, when he when he has two other defenders beside him, and he's given more freedom to you know make the passes that he needs to make and get involved with the uh, with the uh, with the midfield and the attack. So again, like you said, it's a possibility. Um, but we'll see uh, we'll see what happens in that in that regard. I mean, for me, it's difficult because you look at the formations that he could d- deploy, and I don't see it being a three five two. Um, maybe a three four three would be a possibility, or a three four one two maybe if they want the Trecortis to roll if if he thinks of of trying that again. Which I mean. I think Again. all of it depends on what our transfer market happens. Right. So if we do get that classic number nine, that opens up a lot of a lot of doors. So if we get like the Milik of the world, right. I don't see us doing a four three three and sticking Dabala on the right. Milik's not going to be your starter. He'll be somebody coming off the bench to give another option. Right. But if we get uh, Jekyll. Or uh, get with the other Raul oh, even like a even like a, Cavani, yeah, a Cavani of the world, like those big t- classic and number n- number nines. Yeah, then I can kind of see them in the, uh, as your lone striker, and then you can have a two, so it'll be a three, three, four, two, one, okay. where you have Ronaldo and Dybala, and they have the freedom to hit the wings. But then they also don't have that defensive responsibility to come back. Right. Again, is Piero going to be the genius and get the buy-in to do that type of formation? Allegri got, Allegri got it when he went to the, the 4-2-3-1. Right. But he also had a Mandzukic who was w- willing to run back. Right. But yeah, it's all to be seen. Again, um, I don't know. I don't know what... I don't know what the club's going to do. I really I really don't see it financially. I don't see it in the books to get really creative. Um, for, uh, again, some of the valuations you're hearing, you know, valuations of what our players are worth and valuations of what the other teams are asking is, it's getting ridiculous in, in some senses. I mean, even 50 million for Milik is, is ridiculous in my opinion. I don't know what, I don't know why we would, you know, invest in a guy who really, I think, is injury-prone. Um, look, everyone's going on vacation. Oh, and there's a shout-out, you know. It's funny because there's a couple of people on Twitter kind of giving it to Higuain about going home right away after that he had his, his plane book. And, I mean, the guy has been through a hell of a lot. I think he's done a hell of a lot for us. Obviously, it looks like he's going to be going, I think, either by, you know, mutual agreement or whatever uh, they want to get paid him and Kadir want to get paid and I don't blame them they signed their contracts I mean yeah. for Kid- for Kadira for how little he's played and for how useless he's been I kind of expect him to be a little bit more um you know and, and that's forgiving. the thing with, 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 with both of those players they could easily say okay you don't, uh, you want to live out the last year of your contract great you're frozen you're not going to play. And with that being said, you know, stay home, stay in Argentina, stay in Germany. Yeah. Here's a check. But they lose a year of their career. And they're already at the tail end of their careers. 
these guys, they still think they can play. So that's where, you know, that mutual agreement of, all right, uh, I think Kadir is six million. Here, yeah. take three. F off and go and go over to uh, the MLS or whatever the case, and I, I think that's that's. I mean, their agents are doing that because that's their job to make sure that their players get paid. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, are they going to be here? I don't think so. I think Pietro basically is telling them that you're not in their plans. You're going to be frozen. So it's now. How do they take that loss? Because that's what they did with Matuidi. At the end of the day, it's a financial loss because they, they kind of paid him out. We didn't get a package from uh, from Miami. And I think that's how it's going to be with, with these other two. So it's pay him off as little as possible. I'm not sure if it's like uh, like in the NHL when you do the buyout and you can spread it, spread it a couple of years. If only. Financially <laughs> on the books. Uh, but what it does mean is we'll probably have to sell somebody to balance that, balance that off, whether it's make right. a profit, whether it's Costa that I hear, uh, the latest I heard was Man United. Apparently. <laughs> the number I heard, I couldn't believe, but if you get a fraction of that, here you go. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I, I think we're not going to have a problem. I mean, uh, Matsuidi's, uh, I don't have the sheet on me. I usually have them right next to me, but of, of contracts, but... I, th- I think his hit wasn't that that big of a deal. Um, even the six million, you know, over one season is not a huge hit. It's just the fact that you know the guy's done nothing. You think he would respect the club, the fans, and everyone else, and say, "Hey, I'll take a little bit of money. I'll go make some money somewhere else um, if he's good enough." Right. So, to me, whatever it is, what it is. Um, again, Pier- on Pirlo's case, apparently training is going to start. Probably on the 24th, so coming up in a few days. Um, Nations League apparently is at the beginning of September as well. And, you know, you're not going to get, you know, really uh, that much time to train for the start of the season. So, again, you look at it like when Sadi started with, obviously, pneumonia and then, you know, going on preseason tour in, in Asia and then coming back and starting again. It's going to be interesting to see what, what Pirlo has to, to offer. Obviously... 1.8 million a year. That's going to be a big savings for the club because obviously they have to pay, you know, Saturday around six million per year for the next what couple years. Um, I don't think Saudi is going to do a Spalletti. Spalletti is counting his money and waiting. I think Saudi, at his age, he wants to coach. Uh, so we'll probably. I don't think probably we're going be like to pay a split. Full, yeah, yeah, we won't pay the full uh, remainder of his contract. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where he wants to go, right? Like, that's that's the thing. I don't know who's going to want to pay him what, right? Because if you're looking at these smaller clubs, they're not going to look to pay a big sum. So we'll see what happens in that sense. Um, like I said, what do you think about Paratici? Have you it, Obviously, maybe not leaving now, but do you think, you know, in the next 10 months there's a change? Obviously, Man United, Roma have been, you know, rumored. And... Um, do you think he's going to look for a new challenge? Obviously, Cherubini's been linked to to his spot, at least. And obviously, he's been moved into Marotta's position, old position, as of um, a few weeks ago, I believe it was. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on Paratici either staying with us or going? Kind of, I guess, depends on the season, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you nailed it right on, right on the head there. It all depends on the season. If we... 
if we have that bounce back season, have a good Champions League run, I see him staying. If it is the other disaster, if it's the other way where we don't bring any trophies home or only one trophy, I, I think it's time for him to, to move on. Um, he's been part of the project the whole nine years. Uh, you know, he's only been at the helm at the, the last little bit, but uh, I, I, I think he's also been handcuffed by some of the bad contracts and extensions that were given from before. So they give, give him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, he's also handcuffed himself. He's made some big signings. I mean, yeah. one season Ronaldo, next season Delict. So he, he's done his part. It's, it's kind of <laughs> he's been stuck on the on the other side there of you know the, uh, the pizzas of the world who don't want to leave and uh, who else doesn't want to leave? Kadiris. Gigi Buffon came back. <laughs> there you go. No, Gigi's hopefully well. I mean, we'll see what happens at the end of the year, right? But. We'll see what happens. Um, with obviously G, uh, Pirlo being the new coach, he's going to be the youngest manager apparently to lead Juve uh, in a Serie A match since uh, Carlo Ancelotti, which he was 39 in February of 1999. So um, great stat from uh, Opta Paolo. And you know, we obviously... don't get second place finishes like Ancelotti. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Hopefully, he doesn't take uh, that toll. But still, even even with Pirlo being, you know, appointed as the coach, um, and I wanted to mention, obviously, like you said, the the different technical, uh, you know, the support staff that he's gonna have. Obviously, he's gonna be the coach with Baronio, Roberto Baronio being the assistant coach. Igor Tudor is gonna be his technical collaborator. Um, Paolo Bertelli is gonna be the athletic trainer. Claudio Filippi stays on as goalkeeper trainer and. Uh, Antonio Gagliardi is your match analyst now. There's a little bit of controversy too because Tudor had to get an agreement with uh, Split, I do Split, to uh, get his, uh, you know, I, I believe the rest of what he had on his contract uh, taken yeah. care of. So that's uh, that now has obviously been taken care of and it's confirmed as of recent that he's going to be part of the squad. But Pirlo doesn't have his pro license. Oh, in September, he's going to be sitting uh, with the likes of, obviously, Tor Luca Toni and Paolo Montero as well. Again, like you mentioned, the players that, not necessarily on the 2016 team, one, obviously, yes, but the other, no. But a lot of players uh, under this, the school of uh, of Lippi are are getting their licenses. So, Paronio, I think, is going to be the, the main man until, you know, everything's finalized and Again, it's it's as simple as getting a license. You know, what are they really asking during the, the, the these exams? Is and and you know, I guess arbitrary, so to speak, but still needs to get that done. Um, I got Coverciano, which will get him his uh, UEFA license, and then things will you know get back to normal. So, I think um, that's interesting. We've touched obviously on the possible formations. Just going through the headlines here that I have written down. Um, what else do we got here, guys? Um, you know, obviously, nine years, you know, Guido Vaziago has said that, you know, with the last nine years you look at it, 
critical, timely decisions. You have three coaches, the situation with Del Piero, situation with Marquisio, the legends, um, never really affected by emotional factors. And knowing the club comes first, talking about the difference between UV and other big teams, I don't know if it's worked as well as we think. Obviously, we've won nine in a row. I think that's definitely debatable. Um, and I think you're going to hear that a lot kind of coming into the season, you know, depending on how easy we make it look. Um, COVID really hasn't helped us in, in in terms of financials with, you know, there was a 300 million euro capital increase, which really might have just balanced everything out. I mean, we really still don't know the extent until that financial report comes out in October or December, whenever they, and I guarantee you they're going to hold it off as long as possible because really, I, th- I think the stock is going to take a a dip once they once we realize what the damage the final damage is and I think there is damage. I think for anyone to be naive enough to say that we're completely unscathed. I know there's been a report saying that oh even though we got out it's it's not necessarily a big deal. I I uh, totally disagree with that. You're not going to be getting any gates receipts. You're not going to be getting any uh, I guarantee you even the merchandise is probably down because people don't have as much money to spend. As, as people weren't able to work, at least in North America, and the priorities of at home are, you know, maybe not necessarily to, to buy jerseys and buy merchandise, even though there'll be a big number, but you're still not going to get enough uh, to, to really maintain what was missing. I think it's about 30-odd 30, 30 million dollars that come in just from gate receipts uh, every year, uh, so... We're got to see what that we got to see when that comes in, and that's where we're getting kind of knocked down a peg. Our advantage was we owned our own stadium, right? We had that we had that financial advantage over the other smaller teams. Uh, the J that's Hotel was brought in, that's <laughs> gone. Uh, so th- those those advantages are are, are now we're limited TV contract. Well, the TV contract would have worked out for us well if we went further in the Champions League. Right. Now we we left that money on the table, so it's not just the three hundred was it three hundred million that they they put in. Yeah, yeah, I believe it was a a buyback capital capital increase of well, depending on what that means. Own, I mean, yeah, so there's a lot financially the owners. The owners are basically taking their equity and they're putting uh, they're putting more money in, so they're taking right. their own private money and putting it in to, uh, to to do the balance. So that will that should is it going to cover everything? I think it will make it easier for us than I would say some of the other bigger bigger teams in Italy. Um, that. That's why when I'm hearing about these messy to inter talks, I just can't see financially because they were in, under uh, fair play issues as well. Well, that's exactly, and I think you know, I think once we get we get settled in, I think me, um, and Albert and a couple other guys are going to be you know breaking this down. These talks about you know we're going to talk about Ronaldo, we're going to talk about Messi, and I just think it's. The advantages don't really, you know, come in the immediate term. Like, you really have to be financially solid to welcome something like this in. And, you know, as we've seen, it's rocked the boat quite heavily in, 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 in Juve's, you know, own books. And 
yeah, like exactly. You can't. It's maybe okay. Sure, let's say they get rid of Lautaro, you know, to kind of counteract that. You know, that Barca's been heavily been going after him and heavily been linked with him. It's kind of cooled down, but even still, you, you got to look at what the guy's going to be a- asking. And you know, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of naive. There's a lot of naive fans that think it's only just oh whatever the transfer and the salary doesn't matter. I mean. You look at Ronaldo. That was a two hundred forty million dollar, a quarter of a billion dollar investment that happened in one year. I mean, the, the, I believe the transfer fee was split almost in two seasons, but it was kind of like the beginning and the end. So it was maybe one and a half years if you look at it uh, in terms of when Real Madrid wanted their money. And then you look at thirty one million. Okay. Uh, what's been talked about with the players, how much are they giving back, but is it going to be backloaded um, on the contract? Like, we don't know the details of that, right? Like, the players obviously lost money this year, which I'm sure they were going to be guaranteed by the club at some point. Does that get backloaded in, into the rest of the contract? Um, I don't know. Is that gone for good? We don't know. Um, and again, I love to know those answers. Uh, because it's gonna it's gonna tell the tale of what we do. And I, I think this year and other, next year. The, the other part really. is we got two more seasons of Ronaldo left at that thirty one yeah. thirty one million wage bill. If he uh, he's gonna be here next season. I, just with the financial yeah. situation out there, no one's gonna take him. Now if he's got one year left on the deal we would have amortized most of his contract. If someone comes and says, here's 50 million, I can see him. And he wants to go. It's also the will of the player. Right. He want to go for another challenge. So I and think I what was see- the, what was the number though? I think it was like seven or 57 million was left. So you're going to lose about, I think you're going to get another 25 million off the books just next year. Right. Yeah, if he so, leaves next, so so you get your thirty mil, thirty one million of salary, yeah, and plus his transfer, uh, the amortized value of his transfer. So was it a hundred million? Yeah, so Something I think like someone that? someone posted like the the values that our players would that are have left on on the books, like their amortized value, and I believe it was Ronaldo was about fifty seven point nine million. So you're gonna get about half of that off the books. So let's say about yeah. 25, 26, 27 million right off the bat if you and do end you still, up selling them. Yeah, yeah you, you would still make a profit on them, depending on oh, who yeah. takes them. I think so. And then even if he stays that and fulfills his contract, all right, so now you're not going to get the amortized value because it, it's, it's played down. But now next se- that next season, you got $30 million that you can go out and, and go sign the next Ronaldo for. Well, I think that that's been that was their plan when they when they went through this. Um when they when they went all in for him. So they thought they had this four year window for Champions League and thought he would bring them over the hump. Now if this year is a failure in Champions League, I see him you know oh, I think saying, he's all gone. right here I'm gone. Um do I see him jump into the MLS or China or Middle East? Not yet. I I think he is possessed to win the Champions League with the third with the third team. I agree. I agree. So does that mean next season it's it's a PSG offering? Because who else can buy him? 
PSG, your Man Cities. Man, you. Other, other than that, but I, I, I don't even think he would want to go back to Man U or to um, City just because he's won in England. Yeah. He wants to pad his stat, right? So he'll be, hey, all right, I'm going to Paris, and now I've won in well, four leagues. It, it, it wouldn't shock me if he went back to Man U. I, I think it's definitely, I think they definitely have enough money to, you know, you got to look at the clubs that, you know, would even, if Real Madrid has another shitty season, do you think they come back and offer something? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, everybody's surprised that, you know, you know, look at Bar. Everyone keeps throwing around Barca's financial situation, and I think everybody needs to stay in their own backyard and stop looking and thinking about what other clubs. You know, Juve's got four hundred million around financial debt, so this number that everyone keeps throwing around of eight hundred million, nine hundred million financial debt of a club of that size can sweep that under the rug, the rug, depending on who the owners in and how much money they're willing to inject into this into this team. So. Don't think that Barca's dead. Don't think that all these clubs are dead. They're not. You know, it's it's pure speculation that everyone's talking about. Oh, the president's not going to be there, this, this, and the other thing. And then what happens is they go and spend money on Griezmann. And, oh, oh, oh this is the thing I hear a lot. Oh, well, they, they're really, they're dead in the water. They're not going to be able to do anything. And then they'll go pull off a deal with Juve. And they'll work something out. So don't expect that to not change where they'll get rid of Griezmann or they'll get rid of all these other 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 players and they'll make the, their ends meet. And then again, who knows with Messi? I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I think it's a lot of uh, cheap talk, but whatever. Um, whatever you want to think about that is. But, but I think the, the misconception is Juve having a lot of money and, and that's another thing. I don't think we have a lot of money. Um, I think that's completely wrong idea to to take but you know yeah, you certain can, fans can, don't want to do their research Juve, but yeah when you compare Juve to the rest of city huh yes oh, we sure got a lot of money okay <laughs> but we are we are measuring ourselves and Nelly and, and has been measuring ourselves for years not against the rest of city huh he's been measuring uh, us against the real madrids the the united's of the world and i think there was a survey that went out of the, the brands the other day I think we were 11th, we're top top brand for for Italy, and then the other part of that too that you have to factor in who's that who's above us, right? So you have your Spanish teams. Well, what's one of the biggest uh, languages spoken around the world? Spanish, right? The English teams. There you go. And then what's the third biggest language? It's actually French. Yeah. And I, and I remember uh, I was at a credit conference in Quebec City a few years ago, and this uh, this guy just starts talking, and he's like, "Worst language to learn is Italian." And, you know, <laughs> my I have like, uh, you know, you're talking to an Italian here. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah," but we're out. What what what's it going to give you? And as he started making his point there, I'm like, "Hey." He's, got a point and that and yeah. that's something that uh why we're seeing this type of branding is to try to appeal to these other uh, these other markets right because i just dis- i disagree about that a little we bit have, because... we, have, we have our like there's a big italian base in a lot of kind of canada u.s 
a lot of that Italian heritage and a lot of Juve fans have, that have inherited yeah. the love. Uh, but to grow, we need we can't just rely on that. And I, well, I think that's that's been their intent of why they've made the certain changes. You can argue if it's been effective or not, but I understand why they're going that way. Yeah, I mean, in terms of that, I think international business, I think, is in, in English anyway, so I don't know. I think, sure, you get a little bit, of, because there's more of a, a connection, like you said, with, with the French language and obviously with Spanish, but I don't know necessarily that's that's the reason why our, our branding is the way it is. I think, you know, if, there, if there's a project that you can make money off of, people are going to are going to join that. You know what I mean? Like people are not going to have a problem investing if you put the right forward and the right project there. Now is a footballing project, something that is there to make money and there, there is, but if you run it a certain way, and I think that's the problem we get into is what are our, what are the motives, right? You know, you look at other clubs and, and really PSG's first champions league final and, in their history, I believe. How much and how much money did they spend to get there? Well, ex- exactly, right. Yeah. So, um, as opposed to buying, what does that uh, mean? It, it just kind of shows you the different models of how you build a team. Right. So you have your PSGs who basically didn't go through the academy and just spent and transfer wise. Right. And your buyers of the world who actually, you know. Great sound investments. There's a lot of academy players in there, and hell, the best signing that they did was a Canadian left back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Great player. I mean, it's, it's funny the parallel of what we need, and then seeing this guy, you know, dominate. Just come out of nowhere, and like, yeah, oh, they could have signed him from Vancouver. It's crazy. It's freaking crazy. Um, obviously with the MVP, you know, DiBala. This was a little bit of point of contention, and you know, I got into it with Ronaldo fans again. Um, but you know, Dybala wins the Serie A MVP, and I don't know if it was kind of a making peace after us going out and maybe him not being happy. But uh, Ronaldo gets the Juventus MVP of the season. Um, what do you think of uh, that whole uh, debacle? I don't think it was. It's basically how they did the measurement. So. <laughs> When they did Dybala's Serie A MVP, they were using different um, statistics to, to, to say, okay, he deserves to be the MVP. With Ronaldo, when Ronaldo got his, I believe it was fan voted. Oh, was it, or was it like man of the matches or something? Uh, I, I think, because I went to go read of, of what it was. and I, I believe it was fan voted. And when you get it there, the Ronaldo fans of the world are Shocker. flood, flood, flood the votes, right? <laughs> um, now, who's our MVP? You can flip a coin, and oh yeah, and I think can, I think the you can throw you can throw the in there as well. I mean, you got to give him his there, credit. There was no game. one standout this season. Um, you know, Ronaldo got the goals, but I think yeah. the big st- the big statistic for me was Ronaldo scored what it was 11, 12 penalties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easy. The, the Bala <laughs> earned eight of them. So if Ronaldo was not there, yeah. those would have been the Bala's goals. 
Well, and, and that's what I made my argument. I mean, literally, you take those 12 penalties that he has, and that drops him back into what? What would that be? Um, uh, just under 20. 19, right. 19. 13, I think. Well, he had or, sorry. Many. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Just under 20. I had a brain for it there. Um, yeah, so just under 20. I mean, Dybala was at whatever he was. Even if he scores half of those, he comes close. He bridges that gap. So really, and I mean, I think he's scoring more than half. So to me, goals are only, uh, you know, it's goals one are, step. Goals are, one goals step. are nice when, you know, it's it's... You look at it in a way when you're running away with it the way Lewandowski did, um, and how much those goals really meant to the meant to the team. I think I think, like you said, every stat means something, and you got to take it with a grain of salt in terms of what you value that in in the in the big picture. Um, now, again, Ronaldo fans are going to get on that. They're going to get on. Man of the matches by who scored.com and transfer market, whatever. If you want to go off of that, sure. That that's that's your business. I simply look at it as watching every game and seeing who made the difference in most of the games. That's the eye test. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that and that's how I see it for me from, from personal. Yeah, and, and the and the whole thing with uh, the goal statistics, right? If you're yeah. a if you're a striker. You should be scoring more goals than right. somebody like Dybala, who isn't a striker. He's he's a number ten. He can even or you, you can call him a nine point five, yeah. whatever you want to call him. Right? He's not your out and out striker. So when when Higuain got it, broke the record, it made sense because right that's number nine he is. And you have to give Ronaldo credit. He he's not a striker as well. He's on the left wing. Right. Score at the rate that he does throughout his career, you know, that's it's pretty it's an incredible. Impressive feat, and he doesn't score. Yes, he gets a lot of penalties, but he doesn't score the same way. I mean, the aerial ability that this guy's got, like when he floated and hovered in the air versus Sam, that that. Oh yeah. I mean, not too many guys in the world can do that. So, no, that's. You know, that's definitely one of the great. Few- he scored some great goals this year, but the Bala to me, he was the connection to get that ball to Ronaldo. He connected the midfield because Pjanic was, you know, still still stuck. He was thinking of Barcelona all year. I think he he, he was not the same player that we expected him to be under under Sari. Yeah. Um, so are we going to see that change next year? Or are we going to see a faster midfield under Piero? Hopefully. See, um, I think my, of it like my, I think of it like this too, though, James. When you when you when you break it down in its simplest form, and a lot of people don't like to not believe this because they, I don't know, our fans are turning a little bit too much uh, into this this Real Madrid like tunnel vision because. There was a time when Ronaldo wasn't on this team and we were scoring goals. So to somehow think that it's the end-all, be-all stat makes no sense whatsoever. And I see it like this. Like I said, you look at your eye test, 
But I also have another test. Now, if you take Ronaldo out and you tell me that you don't think Juve could have built a team with the squad we had that would go out there and win games is mind-boggling to me. Let's say Ronaldo was hurt for a year. We had to find another way to to, to win games. We're going to find the best formation that's going to work, whether that be Dybala and Higuain and uh, whatever, a 3-5-2, a 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, whatever it's going to be. You're going to find the best formation that works. And we're still going to score goals. So... To me, you can take Ronaldo out of this out of this squad and still find a way to win. If I take Dybala out of this squad, there's games that we don't win. And I'll tell you that right now, and we possibly don't win the Scudetto. And that, to me, says everything. Everything. It explains everything perfectly. And that's what the most valuable player is, the best player. You might not say he's not the most skilled. You might not say he's got the best stats. That doesn't, you know, the best player to me is the guy that is getting your ass from point A to point B. And to me, we could have plugged in, you know, you could have even bought a striker or or whatever and put him in for where Ronaldo is and, and, and possibly look better than how we did this year. So to me, it's, it's as simple as that. And then you yeah, look well, at, you know. Yeah, what we can say there too is the ball is City MVP. And the big goals in Serie A, yes. But if we're bringing into Champions League, who scored the knockout goals? Sure, right? but so, but James, and, you got to remember we didn't we didn't win though. Like I mean, no, no. Again, no, it's no, we didn't win, but but that's 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 one of our our issues that we see, and and I think the big thing with the ball too, and it just I don't know if it's luck, just bad luck, but. He always seems to be injured when we need him in those key championship games. Now, am I saying I'm, I'm, let's, we're no, no? I, I know, I know what you're. Have, not, I know what you're yeah. not. I know you're not saying what you what you what you were intending. I know that. I I get you. I get your point. But my point is this: we went to the final with on the back of essentially DiBala and Iguain, and people like to forget that in 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 the final that we lost to Madrid. And now all of a sudden, okay, a couple seasons he gets injured, whatever, he gets a suspension against Real Madrid um, off of a stupid red card in the first leg. And now all of a sudden there's questions about, oh, well, Dybala, you know, he's, he's, he's not in these games. He's not there when we need him. I mean, guys, why do we always take, like, this is not a winning mentality in my opinion. You could score. He could scored five hundred goals in the last four, three seasons. It doesn't. Non importa niente. Like that's how I. That's how I, it doesn't mean nothing, man. Like, he, like you're not winning. If if you get knocked out, he could have scored seven goals against Lyon, and you're still out of the tournament. To me, it means it, mean, it means nothing. And, and to me, like, Ronaldo fans like to make this big di- seven knockout. Okay, sure, whatever. He scored seven knockout. You haven't won the you haven't won the trophy. We've been to more finals without Ronaldo than we have been with Ronaldo. So at the end of the day, like, who cares? Like, it's... Uh, and sure, there's, there's other factors into that. Yes, I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying to make this as a one stat says all means, you know, it means to, to, to me personally... It means nothing. 
Sure, he can uh, throw whatever stats. He's got the most. You could say he was the most effective. You could say he had the most possession. He's got the most dribbles. At the end of the day, there's only one stat, and this is what you know. It's funny how we use this with Merda. We like to say, uh, and to kind of continue this rant a little bit, but we we like to say, oh well, we only won by one point. Well, the only stat is that is important is that we won the Scudetto. Okay, well, guys, stay in that same lane. It doesn't mean shit that he scored seven goals. The, the, the fact of the matter is zero Champions Leagues, zero finals. That's it. There doesn't need to be... You can complain about, oh, he doesn't have guys and this and that. That's the situation. And that's how I see it. You want to yeah. play in one... You want to play one mentality for this. And this is... That's the fact... That's the thing that pisses me off the most about this whole Ronaldo. Is everybody's playing with separate rules. It's one rule for Ronaldo that, oh, he's done this. But then when you bring up, well, okay, you're paying the guy to get you to the next level and he misses a free header that essentially sends you on to the, oh, but we can't look at that because he scored two goals. But now we want to start picking, nitpicking at everybody else and nitpicking at Dybala. If you want to call me a Dybala homer, you know, guys, you can say whatever you want. It's your opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's up to you, but this is how I see it. And there's a lot of, you know, wishy-washy is, ideas. Yeah, I think this is what's happened the last two years. Is you have our guys like us. Who have been Juventina from prior oh, yeah. to 2011? <laughs> and then you have this new wave of Ronaldo. I think you call them the Ronaldo fanboys who, who've come on. And they're not Juventus fans. No, they don't care. They don't care at all. And and after a game where you go, you know, I'm sure everybody checks their Twitter feed, sees you know, sees some some and you see that shit. And I'm calling it shit. Oh, it is. And and this, and I I try to take Ronaldo out of his fanboys. Oh yeah, like I, I don't think Ronaldo is going home. No. Crawling up to Georgina and saying. Hey, you know, I, I, they didn't give me the ball. and I, I don't believe any of that. At the end of the day, he's there. He's going to try to win. He's going to pass the ball. The ball, the ball is going to pass the ball. There. I don't think, even in, even if they had Twitter back in the day, I don't think we would see this argument of, hey, Del Piero and Trezeguet, they could yeah. have worked too. But that, that's what this, this fan base has done. Well, I just I, I, I can't stand it, man. It's literally and like and, just... I, and one of the things if if I respect Ronaldo as a player, he's done fantastic. But I a hundred and twenty percent agree with you on the fanboy fans. That literally I just I take the piss now. Like, the, I literally don't team. you're not cheering for one player, you're cheering for the team. Don't like at the end of the day, if Ronaldo, and this is what I, for myself, I grew yeah. up as a Del Piel fan. Del Piel retired. Yeah. I, I, well, he didn't retire. He went to Sydney first. He went to Australia. Oh, you know? Essentially did retired. Follow, did I follow, did I follow, like, I'm not following you anymore? No, you stick, you stick with your team. So yeah. these guys were these Real Madrid fans prior, prior, three years prior, stick to Real Madrid. Oh, they'll go back. Don't worry, yeah, because one, like yeah. I already, I already told half of you guys out there, and you, like I said, 
You're not going to win the war. You might win the battle. You might win these little, you know, get your likes and get your click your, you know, every click everybody's like and make sure everybody's happy and, you know, everyone's back's rubbed and you guys are all feeling good now. But don't worry. It's only going to be two, three years. You're going to go back to obscurity and yeah, Ronaldo's going to be gone and you can jump on whoever's bandwagon you want to at that point. You'll probably go back to Madrid or maybe you'll become a Barca fan. Some BS like that. Because we know you're not sticking. And this is everybody talks about these 40 million fans that we have now. Don't worry. That number is going to hit the fucking floor once Ronaldo's gone. I guarantee it. And it's like we would rather you have a fan base that would literally strip this team to the bones so that their led so their supposed legend can win a six Champions League. Are you are you nuts? Like, do you got a brain? Like literally. Like the the question of people saying and I knew it was bullshit. Like, let's get me like me making comments and taking the piss out of these Ronaldo fans. It's it's fun for me. You know, saying stupid shit like, oh, I wish Ronaldo, you know, broke his legs or whatever. Like, this is just stupid shit. It's funny to me because the way they react, you see them like literally like crying, flooding yeah. the whole, the whole, oh, this guy, how did he say this? How could he say it to his own? Guys, I want Juve to win. I don't care how we got to win. I don't care which players it is. I don't care. I want Juve to host the, host the Champions League. Now, I've said my fair share of good about Ronaldo, so I don't need to keep, you know, rehashing it every time. Uh, I'm a pretty, you know, even keel. I can see things both ways. And sure, he's contributed a hell of a lot to this team. But for you to say, and for actually even so-called Juventini to say, we would rather sell off Dybala and keep Ronaldo at 35 through 37 to build this team is literally ridiculous. Now, Fera had her own argument, and she thinks uh, Dybala doesn't show up in games. I totally respect that because I can see she's a Juventini and she gives a shit about this team. I don't give a shit about what a Ronaldo fanboy has to say about, oh, yeah, well, he's got it. We can build a team around him and it's got to be all around him. That's the wrong mentality. That's why we haven't won shit so far. Is because, and this is, like, to be honest, we have taken this approach to bringing Ronaldo in so wrong as a club. So wrong. To think that a guy was going to somehow flick his wrist and with a magic wand and, and ho- uh, is the reason why we're in these problems as is. And, you know, we can go back and discuss all the moves we made and, and the contracts we made, but we just weren't ready. And, and that's my opinion. And I don't see it changing. To be honest, I don't see us winning Champions League next year. And I think he's going to go, to be honest. I don't think he's going to go now because he, he doesn't want to give up on it. And if he, if he, if he left now, one... We're not going to be getting that kind of money like you said before. And two, um, it's going to be a dent on his reputation if he leaves it too early. He wants to leave it to us for us and say, hey, I did what I can do. I scored all my Champions League goals. They didn't want to bring a team to me. I stayed for the majority of my contract. That's the situation that's going to happen. I guarantee it. Um, in terms of players, um, you know, like you said, Matuidi, um, it was weird. Everyone was saying he joined on a free transfer, and then it took like four days after for you to actually officially uh, say that his contract was uh, terminated. Um, 
so we go on the the list is is long and um we need to start shredding uh this team to to bare bones and really build that's my opinion we got to really rebuild it and whether that's being you know pure low kind of you know winning the tent for us and kind of caretaking that's fine but you know he talked about Bernadeschi being an indispensable player a few months ago I don't see how that's the case I think the guy needs to be he needs to go to a new squad uh he needs so he needs I, a, uh, so with Bernadeschi I tweeted this out I have a feeling he will be sticking around now, it all depends if the offer. If they got a good offer, they'll sell them. But I have well, a that's feeling, true. Always the case. I have this a feeling true. this is going to be a Pietro project. And he will stick around, but he will not stick around as a right winger. No. Uh, see, I don't see it I, any other way, bro. I, especially if they're going to do wingbacks, I kind of see him dropping into a wingback. Oh, Okay. Oh, that you're going to say like Medzala or something like that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't no, see it. No, he, he's too soft to be a Medzala. But I, I kind of, I, he did play a little bit at Fiorentina as a left wing back. If they yeah, have that could to be, do, that could be I, interesting. I, 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 I see something happening there. Is he going to, but I, at the end of the day, it's, hey, if they get the right offer, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, we're going to need the money. I think that's going to be key, especially for the, the real needs that we have. Uh, and Somebody's got to go at right wing. Well, you it, stick with the 4 exactly. two, 3 you got Costa. Costa, Bernadeschi, and... Um, Quadrado. Quadrado. One of them, yeah. two of them should go. I so think Costa, so. So Costa's going to go. I think they're going to keep Quadrado because you know he can drop back. I think yeah. we want him to as a right back if we need to. Uh, and then Bernadeschi, just because he can play those multiple positions. So for right. me, ship ship Costa out. But can Bernadeschi play on the left wing if you ever decide to take Ronaldo out? Like they, those are the things that they gotta they gotta look at. Well, I just I don't see Ronaldo ever coming out like that's just, as long as he's here, he's, he's he's playing everything. So you can't you don't even need to look there, and you know a squad that's twenty nine point you know aged at twenty nine point four average, and you look at the 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 eight teams in the CL quarterfinals that were really from twenty four to twenty seven average age, uh, that's just you know it another blaring uh, you know problem. Um, Apparently, there was a, a Pirlo was calling all the players that need to leave the club. Um, you know, the names obviously were Iguain, Kadira, Dishilio, and Douglas Costa. But again, that's just rumors. I mean, we'll see what happens and who yeah, goes and when it when it officially goes down. That's when I like to see it. If if not, really, it's all uh, paper talk. To be honest, yeah, Dishilio, he has caused us problems for two straight seasons with his injuries. Yeah, well. That's the reason why Alexandro was a, a skeleton of the of the former man he was because he was exhausted. He played far too much because he didn't. When, at the start of the year, when they when they drew it up of you know who who's going to be who, they penciled into Shield to be the backup left back. How yeah. many games did he play this year? <laughs> Good question. I, 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 Good I, question. I, I, 
So now you had them. So then you're kind of forced to drop Corrado back. Now you're forced to move uh, Daniello to the left. And he just caused nightmare because that's why they let uh, Pellegrini. Yeah. Yeah. They let him go on loan because he let him get his playing time in. Honestly, man, I I don't get this whole, and we'll kind of go on an aside. You know, age is again. We got to bring the the team's got to be younger. Um. Obviously, Buffon and Chiellini. Apparently, those were direct from Manelli. Um, and they're considered key. But for me, this Alexandro talk, um, I don't get it at all. Um, be quiet, Siri. <laughs> but um, anyways, uh, yeah, I don't get it. I think the guy has been very good. I think he's been very under, like underappreciated. And again, like you said, he's been played into the ground. Honestly, I'll say this about him. If Juve wants to get the plus Valenza, that's fine. They can go do that. But when you get someone who is more attacking... Prepare for what you're wishing for. And I don't want to hear it after that, oh, well, now we're going to need someone who's more defensive and we need someone who's more 50-50. When you get someone like all these guys, Teles, uh, Talia Fico, what was another guy that they wanted? Palmeri, just remember what you're getting defensively. Now, if you start leaking goals because these guys don't want to come back, I don't want to say I told you so, but Uncle Danny's going to be tweeting out on Twitter with the guns blazing. Don't you fucking forget that. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to be hearing it from me. So just remember about what, what you wish for about uh, Alexandro because he's been solid. The guy came back again from a tear of his MCL or ACL, one of his ligaments he tore uh, in the Coppa Italia match against Milan. Then right away, boom, slotted in again as soon as he comes back. So, guys, the guy's been dragged into the ground. I think he's got a, I think he's with, with the right, you know, rotation. I think the guy can be phenomenal with, with us. You look at the crosses that we had. Um, I think Ronaldo's an incredibly hard player to play with, um, especially when you had guys like Marce, Mar, Marcelo, who, one, I've been playing so long with the guy. And two, really were afforded the luxury of having a Casemiro who could, you know, win balls back quickly and also come back and help out the defense when Marcelo was trapped in no man's land. So for me, it's that simple. Um, again, I hope, like we talked about before, I hope some of the players that we want out uh go peacefully instead of you know busting our ass and then in terms of a number nine i don't know do we really need someone i think there's a lot of options that make sense i think a lot of these valuations need to really either be lowered or we don't even look at them and and that's pretty much it for me um juve stock has been taking a beating (laughs) in the last six months it was at a 1.538 euro uh, in April of 2019, and and now we're, I believe, under a dollar. So we'll see what happens in, in terms of that. Again, some 
something not really that doesn't really matter um, in a sense. I think as, as long as the, the club is bringing in money and the revenues are good, um, costs have been creeping up. So we got to be careful about that. And in terms of what happens with COVID, that's another thing. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, players, you know, Morata has been even talked about. East Coast has been talked about. Uh, apparently, Juve aren't interested. Tonali, out of the race. Bonucci, who everyone's been talking about. Apparently, he's not going to go, according to Romeo Agresti. Uh, some other things uh, with, you know, Dybala. So much came out about that. And again, what are your thoughts? We'll get into it right now. So in, in terms of when everybody's talking about, you hear all this stuff about Ronaldo going or Ronaldo staying. Again, I took it with a grain of salt. I didn't really think that Juve was stupid enough to drop out at least Dybala. Um Definitely, Ronaldo, I think you got to see what the situation is. Because, again, if you can make money off of that and you can get that value, um, that's going to allow you to pick up pieces that you can add to the squad and play in a certain formation that benefits the team, where I think we play in a formation that really tries to benefit Ronaldo. And I, th- I think that's an ass-backwards way of looking at it. I mean, you're forced to now because you have the guy, but hey, well, it is what it is, so... A lot of people were saying he was looking for $20 million. I don't necessarily see what's wrong with that. I, I mean, I know in terms of financially, you got to be smart. But for a guy that's been so useful and, and so, you know, needed where you pretty much, you risk losing the Scudetto this year. I, I don't see why that was a big issue. I think it's going to be around 10 to 12, maybe, maybe 13, 14. We'll see what happens. But... The club was talking about eight million, and I thought that was like, what kind of a joke is that? Eight million for a guy who's, like I said, one of the top players in the team. So, I think it's yeah. I kind of, I kind of see that. that I thought that was disrespectful. To about it'll probably end up being about thirteen, fourteen with bonuses. Yeah, exactly. He achieves certain objectives. The twenty million number. Uh, I thought I read that his entourage said that's. Yeah, like, so it's pretty much come out that, like, all of these rumors are what they are exactly rumors. And like I said in the, the early parts of the video, the podcast, people are got people got their clicks. Gazetta got their clicks. Tutto Sport got their clicks. Momblano, all these other guys, they got their, they made their money off of uh, the views they got. And uh, now, like I said, everything's quieted down. Everyone, uh, the sensible heads have come out and said, no, that's, that's not, uh, that's not going to happen. And I think, you know, Pirlo's really been pushing a number nine. So I guess you could kind of infer of what he what he's thinking. But again, he's also said in the past, like he said, with the 4-3-3, four, 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 three, three, it depends on what players he has. So I think he's a reasonable guy. I think he's going he's gonna to pick the best formation that works for us. And, you know, Dybala and Ronaldo have to be a key part of that, whatever that may be. Um, but again, he's probably going to still be out 20, 30 days. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to start at the beginning of the season or not. Um, and then obviously you look at Costa Di Chirio and, and Kadira could be ready for the start, but um, I don't see those guys being part of the team. That's just my opinion. Um, and uh, another stat, Dybala with the most goals since 2015-16 with 95 in all competitions. 
um, more than any other player. But then, like you said, Fabrizio Romano came out saying that they had no intention of selling Dybala. And again, even his agent um, or his representatives came out on Twitter and said, yeah, there's all these rumors are unfounded. Um, we don't know what these guys are talking about. Um, and there was no real proposal from Real Madrid. I know there was a report that came out some hundred million number was fro- floated out. And um, I don't know where they're getting this shit from, but someone's uh, someone's making money off of it. And I'm, it's definitely not me. So I got to start, you know, selling clicks. That's my next job. I guess they're <laughs> making, making selling up bullshit. Yeah. Selling bullshit from anywhere and anywhere. But um, like I said, mentioned before, there was a table, which was pretty cool to see um, from Antonio Corsa and Massimo Carone for uh, the plus, or if you want to call it plus Valenza, but, you know, players that could be sold uh, at a number that wouldn't create a financial loss for us. Um, I think it's a pretty important thing to keep an eye on. Um, Obviously, we have... Yeah, I think the big thing that I remember looking at that list is to remember the amount of guys that we have on loan that are coming back and their value. So guys who aren't part of our... They weren't going to be part of our team anyway that we can get some money off of. This is how Inter uh, got themselves balanced over the years as they were sold these youth players at these plus valences because it's all profit. Right. So... uh, yeah, I was surprised I, that Perrin was the even greatest. there. I was surprised yeah. Perrin was even there, like yeah. like you you're saying, these them. guys. Yeah. And I didn't know that was a loan. And then you get into, like you said, all these guys that are coming back. Romero, I think his number is a little bit higher, so I'm not sure if, about that. But in terms of guys like uh, Piazza, yeah, who's only yeah, that's the guy at 10 million. You know, Perrin, seven million. Those are guys you can make money off of. So. It's just finding the right home, and and in terms of you know Matuidi, two and a half million is really what we've and what we what we get what we're eating right. So, uh, not that big of a deal. I'm sure he's gonna get his whatever his salary was. So maybe it works up to five, but really, what's five million between friends, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's the game of Briscola. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Obviously, Lick Steiner, Stefan, Swiss Express, he retired over this past uh, uh, couple weeks. And, you know, it was sad to see. Uh, again, I don't know what it is about the irony of it all, but it just seems like Juve's problems get, like, uh, not foreshadowed, but, like, exposed with certain events that maybe don't necessarily align. Like, you look at it in terms of the, uh, we get rid of Pellegrini. Lick Steiner retires and how much we've been talking about a proper right back. We we look at uh and it's like, oh okay, well, yeah, that's that's great. Lick Steiner was probably a right back, still haven't replaced anyone. Still need obviously you think of Quadrado being the 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 fill in, but he's not the guy. He's not the guy. And again, fullback, same thing. Left back, we need decent replacement, and it's just like it's funny how things just come up. Just randomly. And the, I mean, the intangible that Lynchander brought. Oh, yeah. That was not replaced. No. He used to get so pissed off. He played with passion. And we don't have that. I, I remember seeing him the first year with Conte. 
I, I remember Krasich came on on a rare appearance. Yeah. And he just tore a strip on him for not yeah. running. And I remember he that. that. He did that with Corrado, too. Like, why, why aren't you running? Like, oh, and that, yeah. that's what, you know, we're, that's another key part that was missing this year is, no, I, I never saw a hustle. I never saw anyone got, got angry. And that's why the people were saying, well, yeah. only Ronaldo's getting angry. The rest of those, there was no lich who was going to go scream at guys. It yeah. just felt, Dabala, it's not in Dabala's character. It's not in no. Janic's character. And I think if Kalini was there, he would have been more. And, and Benucci, I mean, Buffon you know, can, can only do so much him. from the bench. Yeah. Right. And, and Benucci, you know, when he talks, it just looks like he's whining, right? So yeah, uh, it's a little bit different. No, I think... But even the fact with Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo, it's at it's at key times. I mean, even him have been have noticed. There's been times where he's just checked out, completely checked out. Um, just looking at obviously some stats and and kind of a comment from Blaze Matuidi as we say farewell. Um, obviously, there's going to be a few players like Pjanic has obviously moved on now. Um, Matuidi is going to go, and there's going to be some others, but. You know, three seasons with us, 133 matches, eight goals, seven assists, three Scudetti, one Coppa Italia, one Super Coppa Italiana. And yeah, grazie, Blaze. Like I said in my post, um, I put up my grazie Pjanic and grazie uh, Matuidi. Uh, check them out. There's some pretty cool edits that I've been dropping. And uh, yeah, guys, like pretty much a workhorse for us. Um he says, being a member of the family, Juventus is a dream come true, an honor. I discovered an incredible institution. Teammates who became more than that. I'll always be your number one fan. Uh, or rather, number 14. Thanks, really. So, I mean, it was nice to see. I mean, the guy's got two left foots, but you can't you can't blame him for what yeah, on the, he's on given On the defensive end, right? he gave you everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And he did a lot of legwork covering for Ronaldo not coming back. Yeah. Um, so he did it. He's just going forward. He had, like you said, two left feet. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But like I said, he had his purpose and uh, he had his run. And thankfully, he's gone out the right way. Like I said, I can, uh, as a fan, I can really appreciate that when you don't, you're not cumbersome, you're not being overbearing to the club and, and you know to get out at the right time and you know again there could have been multiple times where Kadir is like okay I'll, I'll I'll reduce my salary or uh, try and transfer me um, because if you can't see the writing on the wall you're just being ignorant I mean you've been in the hospital more than than uh, fuck uh, uh, more than a couple cities with COVID patients, uh, some of the cities in the U.S. The guy's been in the hospital for well, how many games has he even really played? It's 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 ridiculous to think about, and to not have the wherewithal to, to you know, talk about it with this with the club and 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 come up with this attitude of oh well I want to get paid my money and it's just and then you want to know why fans are so negative towards you it's those main reasons now we'll see what happens in the coming little bit obviously today if you guys have uh and something we're going to talk about right now um 
Merda lost the Europa League final, and there's been a, a lot of interesting talk in the past few days uh, about this whole uh, cheering debacle. Now, I have, I've been pretty clear on my end. I won't cheer for Merda. I don't give a shit. What the fuck? Those guys. You got to remember this, guys. Now, when... If it wasn't for Merda, obviously being uh, associated with the president of team or the former president of team, which is the cell phone and the wiretaps and the phone taps and the cell phone, a lot of this shit doesn't even happen. Calciopoli probably doesn't even really happen. So they were a primary role in your demise. And now all of a sudden, like I said, I don't have any ill will really towards Conte. Everyone can, you know, have their peace towards him. He's still a Juve legend for me, but for Merda, there's no way you're going to see me cheering for fucking those guys. I don't give a shit if it's Champions League. I don't care if we're fifth in coefficient and them winning boosts us back in. I don't give a crap. Um, to me, there's a rivalry that will that has been changed forever because of 2006. And really... That's it. Um, I can't. Like, I mean, some of the celebrations that I've seen, some of the tweets from, you know, hashtag hash is trash. Um, like, I don't know what's getting into people. I mean, this cha- us not winning Champions League is really doing a number to some fans, I guess, uh, James. Yeah. But what are your thoughts on that? Where's the yeah. line? Yeah, so... You touched on it. I have no ill will towards Conte. To me, Conte is, is in legend status because he came and brought us back from, from the dark. Oh, yeah, exactly. I love a Conte coach team. I, you know, Those three years at Juve were probably my favorite years. He made the best of a weak Italian national team. He yeah. won at Chelsea. And... If you watched Inter this year, they played well. Right. Compared to the, they played, they ran their ass off. They played, they played well. That's where the admiration ends. They're yeah. wearing black. They're wearing black and blue. Fuck them. Uh, I can't cheer for you. Now, the guys who are out there celebrating, like all, like, like we, like because they lost, we won. No. That that's a loser mentality. If they want to do that to us, great. Oh yeah, well we made the Champions League final. That's fine. Yeah. Like, and they and celebrate. That's, that's yeah, that, and they celebrate. <laughs> when we lose, they celebrate. That tells you how good you are. And to kind of see Juventini on the on the post today, I was disappointed because it, it's a loser mentality. Yeah, they they won, they lost. Okay, great, you lost. But to celebrate that they lost, I, I um, you know, there's no reason to go celebrate. To me, it's, just say, yeah, okay, well, you, I, I wasn't going to cheer you on. I watched the game. It was an, it was an, it was a, ge- it was a good game, very back and forth. Yeah. And I knew they were going to blow it. I just didn't know Lukaku was going to blow it uh, in, <laughs> in the glorious fashion he did. First missing the breakaway, and then putting it in his own net. Uh, but it happened, and you know, all right, great, they lost. And it, yeah, uh, next season starts. 
Don't Again. go celebrating and honking your horn that they lost. Oh, yeah, I agree 100%. And to me, this even works into what happened with Atalanta. Now, I can appreciate more of a club. Like, people were saying, well, you know, all Italian teams cheer for our loss. And, I mean, again, to your point exactly, Juve is on a level above. You shouldn't be aspiring to one cheer, uh, support, give shit to other teams on a lower level than where you're at. You want to stay above everybody else. So what are we stooping down to these stupid levels? And that's what my thing was with Atalanta. I have an admiration for the way they play, for the style, the amount of passion they've had this year. Do I really give a, what I have liked to have seen PSG get knocked out? Hell yeah. Do I really care that they got knocked, that, that Atalanta lost? And not really. It doesn't change my day one way or another. And it's, again, the same thing with Merda. If they lose, you know, I'm going to make a couple jokes about it. Really, at the end of the day, does it, does it change my one way or another? Not really. Um, I don't need to go out and necessarily, you know, keep pounding that home. I mean, I love the account that says how many times they haven't won. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It's uh, a great account. It's unbelievable, but... You know, besides that, I mean, hey, you guys lost. That's how it is. I mean, get, reap what you sow. You guys talk so much shit about when we lose in finals. Now you're going to get the same fucking thing back. I mean, that's just how it is for a lot of fans. So, you know, you guys you guys celebrate whatever way you need to. I'm on to the next season. Um, but again, yeah, I was kind of surprised about how many fans were like, I hope they win. I mean... That's just shocking to me, man. Um, especially all that's gone on, and yeah, just puts me makes me speechless in in a in a sense. Um, obviously, Champions League now is going to be coming on Sunday. PSG Bayern. It's been kind of a wacky, you know. We see Lyon beating us, and then they go on and and spanking City. City. Which did I not tell you guys? City are bottlers. Any, and I'm going to say this now because I don't think I mentioned this before. Anyone wanting Guardiola, you can go have him. But go cheer for this for whatever team he's on because I don't want him in black and white stripes ever. This guy spent over, you know, I, so I don't know if you saw the one graphic, but those guys have been the most, of, they've spent the most amount of money besides us, which was shocking to me. To, obviously, it doesn't calculate, you know, what you've sold your players for and what the balance is, right? That's really the most important part. But I mean, I don't want Guardiola at all. At all. You guys couldn't handle sorry and all of a sudden you think Guardiola because he has this stature is gonna be better for the players, guys. But before what what's gonna happen is he's not gonna get what he's he's gonna who he's gonna want and he's gonna walk away. Because every team he goes to, he gets whatever players he wants. And Juve can't afford that. And we can't. If the guy can't, if the guy can't put a squad together and even get to a final, let alone win the thing, this is the guy we aspire to bring to the club. I don't see it. Not only did he not do it with City, he also did not do it with Bayern. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I just, I'm shocked that this was the guy that everyone was hyping. I don't know what for. 
I mean, sure, he knows how to win league titles. But, like, Sarri's not won a league title. What does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, what does that even mean? Uh, I don't know. And you could say he came up against some good teams, but, like, Lyon, really? Lyon. Like, oh, man. At least get up against Bayern and go out gracefully. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's one thing. Again, Atalanta would have been nice to see them come through. Um, I'm so disappointed in Red Bull, though. They uh, they gave, really, PSG nothing to, uh, yeah. to sniff up. I would have rather have seen, like, an Atleti uh, go to the, the semifinals there. And, and I guarantee you that that game would have been way different if you put Atletico Madrid in there uh, compared to Red Bull. I know some people were saying their 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 wingers were out or their their fullbacks were out or something, but come on, like three one to PSG. And now we gotta hear that shit. And one, you gotta cheer for the freaking Germans, and then two, <laughs> you get fucking possibility of PSG even getting a sniff at the chance to be in the big dance. But like, yes, yeah, I don't know. know. A lot of a lot of people we respect Bayern, but bo- PSG is gonna bottle it. We know, bro. That. I don't even, know wanna, I don't even want to think about it this Sunday, to be honest. I don't even want to think about it, man. Like no, but I, since this restart, I mean, the German league came came back first. Like Liver, uh, Liverpool winning before us was enough. Now, if PSG goes in and no, wins this thing, bro, it we. I thought happen. I thought Atalanta going getting to the next round would have made us look bad, but if Oil Money wins, oh god. No, it just won't. Watching that Bayern team, the way they play, they're a machine. Oh yeah, they they are uh, looking I, phenomenal. I, I, but you never know I, in a one game, though. That's what that's what scares me. You never know the referee. He puts his cards away. You don't know sometimes with these with these games. Uh, yeah, I, if you look at the back four of Bayern compared to any of the back fours that PSG played against. It's it's boys versus men, so true, true enough. Yeah, uh, this should true. be. I think that will cancel that out. And then Davies. Oh yeah, he's gonna be phenomenal, I mean, phenomenal player. You got two Canadians here talking about yeah uh, the great the greatest soccer player who's come out of Canada. Yeah, the if you think about it, yeah, the fastest kid. So, um, I I I, I see him doing something great. Um. Whether an assist or or a goal, that's that's gonna be game defined. So, yeah, let's see what happens, guys. Stay tuned. Um, I might be dropping a video just specifically talking about the Champions League final and with a couple of my buddies, who are more of like fans of other teams. Obviously not in, in Serie A, but uh, we'll see if we can make that happen. Funny enough, though, um, I forgot to mention it. Obviously at the top of the podcast, but the jersey you are wearing right now. Is a beauty of a jersey. Yeah. So now, I, I actually put this on. Was now. it because me and Al? Okay. It, it was. I, I saw the tweet. So, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm I'm a father of six. I got five girls. They love the pink. So every time I say, well, "What shirt should Daddy wear for the game?" That's he always picked the pink one. That's a yeah. nice jersey, though. I like that jersey. I always like that jersey. I don't know what it is. 
Now, the the one thing that I will give to Al as one of the older jerseys, uh, you can kind of see there. The stupid mesh at the bottom. The mesh at the bottom, that means that you would actually have to tuck this tuck one them. in. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why Nike did that, but I mean, hey, whatever. It is what it is. I, they did that with the home as well, which I thought was the strangest thing. Um, but yeah, it's a tuck, t- the tuck look. That's not a tablecloth jersey. Those are clearly X's. I don't know what. I don't know what 188p uh, visuals uh, and like I told Al, I said you can you, you can double you can double tap your cell phone to zoom in into the photo. <laughs> I don't know what tablecloth. Maybe it's the salmon color. Maybe he's not a big fan, even though he is from yeah, BC. It, so it is, a light, it is a lighter pink. Yeah, he's from Compared BC. To, uh, I love their salmon over there. Yeah. But anyways, beautiful jersey. I got one of those as well um, from my uncle. Um, so it's in the collection. For me, the ugliest jersey is that green. Like I said, that stupid gimmick um, of a collection that Nike did where they they brought these wild colors with all of their teams where one was like uh, the green, like this lime green. I think Barca had like a turquoise or something. Roma had a really weird color, like a brown or whatever it was, and then they got added in because Nike took over for them. Uh, who else had a weird color? There was one that was like bright pink too. It was weird, weird, weird collection. Yeah, Hor- hor- horrible idea from Nike, but um, they seem to have smartened up and like actually know how to make kits. Where Adidas is making Halloween kits. And speaking, uh, speaking of Halloween kits, let me get these out for you guys. So I said what I got in the mail. Let's see if I can pull these out quickly. I want to get you guys the right one. These bad boys here. No, oh, I love ki- I love shoes. So a little excuse exclusive if nobody's got them. We got the new Ultra Boost here, boys Ooh. and girls. We got the Halloween. We got the Halloween edition. As I'm going to be calling it from now on. Juventus on the back. Is that the right way? I think so. (laughs) But, I mean, like I said, 180 euros, you're going to get these. It's going to cost you the same as an Ultra Boost if you buy them. One, it's because of this technology that I think is is awesome for your feet. Um, I always usually wear Ultra Boost if I'm going running. But this is not a plug. Adidas is not paying me. Uh, Because barring them actually making an Ultra Boost, which I thought was a cool idea, Literally, the colorway could have been further from what we wanted. I mean, a nice black and white pair would have been sweet. That really would have made me uh, happy. But, you know, I like to buy shoes. I like to buy running shoes, kicks, whatever you want to call them. Um, so these are the latest so, pickup. But My wife I, is not listening. So was that a, a store purchase or the Juve uh, site? Uh, Adidas Canada. So that's where I kind of... I kind of snagged them first before telling anybody and then um, uh, dropped it like kind of covertly um, if anyone was even listening. But yeah, I know they definitely had them on. I think they still have a lot on Adidas Canada. So any Canadians looking to get them, get them there. You're going to get your free shipping. Uh, It's going to save you that conversion and stuff like that. Don't get them off the Juve website. They're still making their money the same way anyways. So yep. Again, just a little tip to save you guys. Plus, the sizing might be a little bit better for you because, again, you're in North America, and I think they have them in, like, UK or EU sizing. So 
um, which again, it's pretty easy to convert, but again, more of a, and then, yeah, the new, the new jerseys are, are in the mail. Um, I still got a show. I don't know if you guys want to see this, but like I got my, the stuff that I bought on my last drop. Um, if you guys want to check that out, let me know in the comments, uh, or on Twitter. Um, maybe I'll just do like a merch. We'll kind of show those off, take some nice photos of them. Um, and, uh, some of the other stuff that I have coming in the, I'm guessing it'll be here by the end of the week, but, uh, and then hopefully you guys don't freak out when I got my Roma jerseys in because those are phenomenal. Um, I have a special spot in my heart for the Roman clubs or the Lazio clubs. Um, but yeah, so I picked up those, those are beauties. Talk about a way to make jerseys. Nike is Nike, they're on point. I don't know what it is. Nike's on point for the most part, unless you're a Merida fan. But then uh, I don't know if you saw some of the memes that were going around with the uh, checkerboard jersey, but that's just priceless. I think they should take the Ronaldo uh, Cinque Maggio and just put them in each one of those squares. <laughs> it's gonna be look. It's gonna look perfect. Um, but that's really it for me. I mean, Ronaldo fans really wilding. Oh, that's my last point. Um, Ronaldo fans, like I said in the last podcast, Juve is infinite. Ronaldo is finite. We are going to be here whether you like it or not. Okay. Why you think, why you, you somehow think that a club should be making decisions based off of your one true love is beyond me, but whatever, if you want to think that that's fine, I got a special gif coming out for you guys soon. Um, you're going to like it. Um, but I just, I don't understand. Like, even some Juve fans, and this beats me, they were somehow like, oh, we're wasting Ronaldo's years. And, like, I don't know if you saw those tweets after we lost to Lyon, but they're like, oh, like, I feel so bad for Ronaldo. And you feel bad for Ronaldo. Are you shitting me? you got to feel bad for Juve fans. We've been waiting how many years to win this damn trophy, and you're feeling bad for a guy that makes 31 million net a season, you know, is living in the life of luxury, and that's who you feel bad for? Are you kidding me? These are Juve, supposed Juve fans. Do you feel bad because we were somehow ruining his career? Oh, sorry, he's got five Champions League titles. We haven't had one champion. Like, I've seen, uh, I was born into one. And we only got one more after that. So what? I, I don't understand quite clearly uh, who's apologizing for, you know, Ronaldo living this horrible life at Juve. I'm sorry. I don't see it, guys. So that's just my, you know, one little spiel on that. I don't know if you got any comments, James, but, like, some of the shit that comes out on Twitter just fucking mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean... Like I said earlier, we got two great players in Ronaldo and Dybala. Those two guys in the dressing room like each other. They play for each other. They play for the jersey. Why are the fans fighting with each other? At the end of the day, buy in, you Ronaldo fanboys. This is Juventus. It's done, man. Like, I... when, when, when the Champions League, when we do win the Champions League, it's going to say Juventus winning the Champions League. It's not going to say Ronaldo FC. Yeah. 
And that's it. And I mean, hey, at least if you want to do your part, you know, if you want to keep crying about us not getting players, you know, buy some actual jerseys. Buy, go to Juve store, buy the home jersey, the away jersey, the third jersey. Ronaldo. Stick Ronaldo in the back. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. But make sure you're buying three jerseys. Yeah, pay the money so we can get a midfielder that you need. Because all I hear is this chirping about, oh, we bring in so much money. And then I'm literally asking, well, how many jerseys are you guys buying a year? Oh, well, that's not an important question. Or no response. What do you mean it's not an important response? Like, that's the whole dynamic of us, you know, getting to where we need to be. So, I mean, again... It's all bullshit. I like to have a good time on Twitter. I like to bust balls, to be honest, and, you know, have have a good time with those losers. But to me, I usually know who I'm talking. I know the I, when I go into a conversation, I know where it's going to go. And with Juve fans, 99% of the time, it's a good time. Uh, some people can handle going back and forth with with ideas. Some people can't. And then you get you know, personal shots about how the podcast isn't viewed by anybody. But, I mean, you know, I, I got to say there's been a hell of a lot of support so far. And, uh, again, whether I've said this in the past, whether it's one person listening it, it wants to listen to this uh, every week or 60 or 1,000 or whatever, doesn't matter to me. I appreciate all the support I can get. And I love hearing your guys' feedback. And I love having you guys on because – even that last episode with Far was such a great walk down member lane. We hadn't talked in a really long time. And um, obviously comments here and there, happy birthday, stuff like that. But um, it was such a good moment for me. And, you know, to see her again, talk to her again, see how she's doing. Even before we had like, uh, usually, usually before the podcast, unless we're on a time constraint or uh, we're talking about family, life. Um, Uve, some stupid things, some things we don't want to say on camera, whatever the, the hell may be, but um, it's always a good time over here. So that's all I can ask for. And again, James, uh, I want to just say thank you for coming on. Uh, I've been such a pain in the ass to you. I really, I'm going to admit it. I, I, I thank you for putting up with me because literally all week I've been telling James, let's go on, let's go on. And then, you know, some circumstances have been on my side or, you know, being tired or dealing with life it's been tough so i really got to thank him for coming on we're already again on a two uh, another two hour rampage but I, I wanted him to say his piece because i did promise him you know before the psg or the leon game excuse me that he could come on so i definitely want to come on him to come on uh i'm gonna see if mohammed can come on tomorrow morning ish and, and say his piece about the end of this and yeah and then we move on transfer special on sunday uh, with Louie. Uh, guys, again, as always, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Please drop a follow if you can. It really helps me in a rating. Uh, it just helps us move up the charts uh, and, you know, allows more people to see the podcast. And, you know, again, all of that helps. I know sometimes it seems like um, it's an, an easy task or doesn't is it really going to help this guy? And truly I can say it does. Um, again, whether that be a follow on Twitter or a sub on YouTube, um, all of that helps. And, and I appreciate it wholeheartedly. 
again, I do this for the for the fun of it, and I love to have you guys on, and I love to have people on and talk to new people. So stay tuned in the coming days. We're going to get, obviously, some more new guests as well as into the next week. And you're going to see a lot of guys that, you know, want to come on and shoot the shit and say their their piece about, about what's going to happen, what's going to obviously happen. We're going to do a preview of the new season. So that's coming up, and you're going to get some pretty interesting guests. Also, maybe some controversial guests. We'll see if we can set that up uh, with some, you know, murmurs on Twitter of what a podcast could be with certain guests. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, um, yeah, guys, again, thank you for the subs. I'm definitely going to work uh, hard tomorrow to get that uh, Del Piero draw done. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just continue on from there. There's some special edits going to be coming out, um, and look forward to that. Um, my buddy Nilesh from La Vita Bianconera has done a phenomenal job. Um, if you haven't seen, uh, what he's done on his page or even the edits, uh, we've done together for, for my page, please check it out. It's, 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 it's a lot of good work he's doing. And, and I think he's going to be one of the, the the top guys in in the coming uh, coming years months uh days that that you're gonna look to for these edits and he's such a friendly guy he's always open to doing even those jersey edits for for everybody making sure everybody gets theirs uh because i know a lot of others who you know quickly do it in a day and then forget so definitely follow him i gotta shout him out gotta shout al out for all uve cast because he's hit 3500 again one of the staples uh for getting me out there so show them the love guys striped hearts there's gonna be new drops um check them out i think it's buy one get one freeze the new uh, offering so if uh, you haven't had the chance of getting the old one and i believe three thousand towards charity too so again unbelievable job al um really 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 good uh good work there um and uh, again we continue on uh, as always again like i said Thank you again, James. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, guys, stay tuned. And as always, Fino Alafine, Forza Juventus. Thanks, everyone.